Hey, hey, it's me. It's Dusty. It is, well, for you, it's Thursday. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, for me, it's Wednesday night because that's when I record these. But it was, oh, shit, that's my phone. Sorry. Oh, we've got a weather statement. Oh, it's going to rain more tonight. Fabulous. Yes. So, welcome to episode 11 of Queer Street. Yay! This week, we are going to talk about the fire game. And before we get started, if I sound a little more husky, husky? No, husky is the size pants I used to wear when I was little. Raspy? You know what I'm talking about. But if my voice sounds... I, my allergies are kicking my ass. I stayed home from work today, actually, because my when I woke up this morning, my head felt like it was going to explode. I just, ugh, I couldn't even manage to deal with today. So I stayed home. I napped. I had soup. I crochet. I didn't crochet because I don't know how to fucking crochet. I cross-stitched. I read. I watched TV. I napped. I had more soup. You know, the huge. But anywho, here I am now, you know, a little, a little loopy on some allergy meds. A little loopy because of the wine with my allergy meds. <laughs> but I'm here to talk to you about the fire game. Now let's get serious because fire, only you can prevent forest fires. Now there is no forest fire in this book, and nor is there a bear telling me that I can prevent forest fires. And to be honest, oh my sweet baby unicorns, this book would have been so much more interesting had there been a bear or a forest fire. It was not my favorite Fear Street. In fact, you know, I'm just gonna, as of this um, moment, you know, as of book 11, this is my least favorite Fear Street. I know, I know. I love them. I'm not gonna judge Mr. Stein. Everybody has an off day. This was his off day for me. And maybe if you love this book, you know what? Good for you. Um, I didn't love it. So, you know, you know, we, we can still be friends. We can still be besties. But, you know, this book is just, we're not going to see it. But stop rambling, Dusty, and let's get to it. So this book, The Fire Game, book number 11 in the Fair Street series, came out on March 1st, 1991. Remember, we are in 1991. It is 161 pages. And the cover is a good cover. It starts off a good cover. We've got our good old Bill Schmidt. We've got a dark-haired girl looking scared, a boy grabbing her hand. They're running away from a building. Looks like a cabin on fire. It's riveting. And the tagline says, when you're playing with fire, someone is bound to get burned. Not the best tagline because, you know, I mean, that's just obvious, you know, whatever. But the blurb on the back says, it was just a game. The first fire started almost by accident, a wastebasket fire in the school library. Jill Franks and her friends found it exciting, and it got them out of school for a few hours. Who could have guessed that the fire game would quickly spread? <laughs> See what they did there? And that one fire would lead to another, that Jill and Andrea and Diane and the three boys they hung out with would all find themselves caught up in the most dangerous and deadly game of all. But when one of their fires ends in murder, the game ends. The real terror begins, and all of them realize that someone is playing the game for keeps. And now Jill has no choice. She knows she must find the murderer before her life goes up in flames. So one star, strictly for the blurb alone. You've got the before her life goes up in flames. <laughs> You've got before her life goes up in flames. And when it talks about, um, let's see. Spread. Where's the, oh, the fire game would quickly spread. Now this, I mean, that's good. That's good. I do like it. So you get kudos for that. And way to go. Way to go. I don't know who you are that did the covers. I mean, that did the blurbs for this. But 
you really nailed it with this one. That was good. Now, before I get into this though, you know, um, most of my books, because um, I love my mom, but probably because of her, I don't have a lot of these, um, none of these actually from when I was little. So I have been, you know, gathering them and ordering them off the internet, you know, half price and all kinds of places. And I love a good used book period just because, I mean, used books are so much fun because of the stories they have. You know, somebody else had it. It was just, I love a good used book, you know, because it always makes you think, who had this book before? What were they thinking? What are they, you know, it's just, it makes you think about where this book has been. And I love it when a used book has a note or something in it. And this one on the inside cover says, I'm guessing this is who it belongs to, is Dylan McDougal. And he lit, it's got his address. I'm not going to share his address because that's, I'm not that kind of person. But he lives in Temple, or he lived in Temple, Texas when he read this book. So Dylan, if you're out there, I mean, drop me a line, dude, because maybe we can chat about this book. Maybe you loved it. Maybe you didn't. But yeah, Dylan, I, I love it. And I love your handwriting. Unless it's your mom's handwriting. I love her handwriting or your dad's handwriting. I don't know. I love the handwriting, Dylan. So Dylan McDougal, formerly of Temple, Texas, possibly in the early 90s. What do you think about this book? Let me know. But let's get right into this. So like we said, like the cover, the blurb says in the back, we milk, we milk, excuse me. Remember allergy meds, sorry. Well, allergy meds and wine. So we meet Jill Franks and her two friends, Andrea Hubbard and Diane Hamilton. Once again, you know, we've got their last names. I I, I don't know why I love it so much that R.L. Stein gives us people's last names. I, I just, I love it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't add anything to the story other than the fact that it makes me think that they're my besties. You know, I'm living in Shadyside with my BFFs and we're escaping murder left and right. And I know they're my BFFs because I know their last names. But so we've got Jill and Andrea and Diane and they're studying and I'm using my finger quotes here in the library because they're not really studying. They're just chit-chatting and gossiping and shooting the shit. And um, we find out that Andrea is a gymnast, you know, because, you know, we know we've talked about Shadyside in gymnastics before. Shadyside is known for the gymnastics team. So um, she's she's worried about the music for her latest um, routine. She can't decide what song to to play for it because that's that's what we worried about in the '90s was the music for our gymnastics routine. And then Diane says, "You know, my friend Gabe, he's moving back here. He grew up here, and you know, he's a songwriter. He plays the guitar. He likes to write songs. Maybe he can help you out." And Jill's all like, ooh, you've got a friend coming along. Maybe maybe I'll like it. Maybe I'll want to date him because, you know, we've got our, our two guy friends, Nick and Max. And, you know, uh, I'm not feeling either of them. I mean, right off the bat, we get that Jill is clearly looking for a boyfriend. She's man hungry. She's a man eater. <laughs> I love that song from Hall and Oates. But, um, you know, she's like, oh, maybe this is Gabe. Maybe I like this Gabe. So we've got Nick and Max, and then they come in, you know, because they, you know, their ears were burning. <laughs> burning. See what I did there with the fire game? I need a drink. And they come in, and they're playing. Um, they're dueling with these lighters, and they end up setting some. Nick actually ends up setting a folder on fire, like just your folder, not your whole Trapper Keeper. If you grew up in the 90s, you know what I'm talking about with a Trapper Keeper. If you didn't grow up in the 90s, Google it because, if, I mean, Trapper, that's, that's, that was the shit, was a Trapper Keeper. I mean, what'd you keep in tabs on? Keeping tabs. I mean, yes, I still remember those commercials. Uh, <laughs> so he sets a folder on fire. Diane freaks the hell out. 
you know, she, she hates fire. She's, you know, she's unhappy with it. She just leaves. So they put the fire on the folder out and they drop it in the trash can. And later on in chapter um, two, we find out, you know, they're in class and the fire alarm goes off and they all, you know, evacuate as they practice in their drills. I'm a teacher. We practice fire drills once a month. It's always loads of fun. I'm rolling my eyes. It's not fun at all. Because it never happens when, not that, I mean, a fire is never going to happen when it's convenient. I get that. But, like, if a fire drill could just happen when, you know, like, we're doing quiet reading, and when I'm not teaching, you know, when we're not in the middle of something. Just once, please. You know, anywho. So, back to it. So, oh, there goes a street racer blaring some music. So, the firefighters bring out this trash can. It was the same one they dropped that folder into. So, uh-oh, you know, they're kind of excited, you know, like, oh my gosh, we canceled school for the day because we had this fire. <gasps> so chapter three picks up, they're at a restaurant, um, the three girls and the two boys, and here comes Gabe, we meet him, his name is Gabe Miller, because once again, we get a last name, and he's from Center City, he's not from Shadyside, he's moving back, he lived here a long time ago, but he's from the big city. He's from Center City, and we find out that he's a little bit of a tool. Um, Shadyside's not exciting as the city. The city has so much more going on for it, and he, you know, he's like, what do y'all do here for fun? Nothing, right? Because you're all boring little hicks. Well, they're like, hey, well, we just, you know, got school out for the afternoon because we accidentally started this fire. And he's all like, really? Well, it's a lot more fun to start a fire deliberately. And thus we start off the whole point of this book. Y'all, I, I said it before. I'm going to say it again several times. This book is not my favorite. I, I get it. Fire. You don't play with. Of course, when I was little, I don't know if this is just a Southern thing. Let me know. Drop me a line. Um, that um, the quote, and I just, I mean, I literally, I think I, my mom and I just said it this last week with the kids is um, the saying is you play with fire, wet the bed. Like I have been told that if I've been told it once, I've been told it a million times. If I had a nickel for every time I've said that, and I love playing with fire, I've never once wet the fucking bed. So it clearly it's an old wives tale, at least for me that, or I have a strong bladder, but fire's fun. I get it. Okay. So here we got back. To, I've off on a tangent. So now we're eat, we're back at school, chapter four. We're eating pizza in the cafeteria. Gabe comes. He's all like, I've been working out. P.E.'s lame. Everything's lame. So everybody else is starting to defend Shadyside. They're like, no, Shadyside's not lame. And of course, the conversation winds up toward Fear Street, as it does, because that's really what they're known for. I mean, if you live in Shadyside, you're either dead, haunted, or crazy, or you know somebody that's been affected directly by something that happened on Fear Street. So they're telling him all about Fear Street, and he's all like, hey, you know what? Let's start a fire and um, get classes canceled. Diane freaks out again. She leaves, and Gabe starts daring people. You know, y'all said you did it by accident. Let's. What if we do it for real? What if we set a big fire? So he dares the boys and the girls to do it. Max takes him up on it, takes his lighter, goes into the bathroom. And then, you know, we don't just have a fire. The whole motherfucking door to the bathroom gets blown off. Like literally just boom. It's there's an explosion. It just gets blown off. So, and then we're like, oh my God, you know, you're supposed to think, oh my God, Max is blown to bits, right? Well, chapter five comes along. It wasn't Max. He wasn't blown to bits. Everybody's on their way now to Diane's cabin in the 
Beer Street Woods, off the lake. And come to find out, Max did not get blown up. He set a fire on the trash can. There was a, um, a container of cleaning solution that probably exploded. He snuck out before it happened, you know, so all's well. They're good. And they're hanging out at the lake, and Gabe is, like, still talking shit about Shady Side. You know, he's a tool. We get it. You're cool. You come from Center City. You know what? Screw you. We love Shady Side. I love Shady Side. They love Shady Side. Screw you. You're you're not cooler than us. What do you got on us? We've got crazies. We've got ghosts. We've got murderers. Screw you, Gabe. But anyway, he's playing with a lighter, you know, putting his hand over it, you know, like you do when you're cool, like when you do when you're like 10 years old, but now we're in high school and he's doing it. But he's, you know, he's acting creepy. And so chapter six, the mall, the work girls of the mall, they're talking, they're fawning over Gabe because he's super gorgeous. He's got these eyes. And I'm sure he does because, you know, typically if a guy is a is hot, he's cool, he's new, he's a douche canoe. That's what happens. That's what's going on with Gabe. So, but Jill thinks, you know, Diana's hiding something. She seems odd. Whenever they talk about Gabe, whenever they talk about the past and how she knows him, she kind of gets quiet. She freaks out about fires. Diane's a weird chick, you know? So Jill is like, mm, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, tell us a little bit more about you. You know, like, how do you know Gabe? Tell us about your past. We'll come to find out that Gabe and Diane were neighbors in kindergarten. And, you know, he was, he was always, you know, kind of weird. He liked to be the bad boy. He was always getting into trouble. And, you know, his parents liked that he hung out with Diane because she was kind of calm and straight laced and she kind of, you know, kept him calm. They're trying on clothes. They're looking for clothes. They're shopping in the mall. All's going well until jeer, jeer, <laughs> Jill here's screaming. I know I'm all like rambling and slurring, but I'm not starting this over. We're already 15 minutes in and it's Andrea or I'm sorry. It's Diane. She's screaming. Oh my God. Something's happening. Chapter seven. Nothing's happening. Andrea just accidentally walked in on Diane in the dressing room and Diane freaked the hell out because that's what Diane does. She freaks the fuck out. Okay, Diane, chill. So Diane just said that she was scared. She was startled. And Jill's all like, mm, Diane's acting a damn fool. I'm not sure about this. So now we're back at home. She's in bed. It's late at night. Gabe calls and he's all like, hey, you know, y'all keep talking about how Shady Side's so cool. How about we get together and you show me around Shady Side? So he's basically trying to get his Mac on. He's asking her out, and she's all like, "Yes, let's do it." Chapter eight. They're all together. They're driving around. They show him Fear Street. They show him. I love this part because you know, Mr. Stein. He's got. I don't know. He's got impeccable notes, and so. We're, we're driving around Fear Street. They show him the house that was burned down at a Halloween party in the story Halloween Party. We checked it out. I don't remember what episode it is, but it's a couple episodes ago. Maybe two or three episodes ago. They talk about Simon Fair Mansion, which we'll get to much later in the series in its own spinoff. Then they talk about how Jill's friends were nearly murdered by a chainsaw maniac. Um, hashtag... Wrong number. Remember that? So now we've referenced two other books, and I love this part because I love how they interconnect. Even though they said it was like a year ago, and it's one of my favorite parts. You know, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, so sit with me, buckle your seatbelts. How, like, you know, they're like, last year, 
it's like everything happens in shady side in like a time warp you know let's do the time warp again i'm not dancing i want to dance but i'm not because i'm recording the time the time the time warp <laughs> the podcast but oh my gosh i love that movie time warp uh, not the time warp is not the movie rocky horror picture shows the movie anyway but i like that song but so i just love how like it's like there's just like this alternate universe where things happen and everybody's there. I, just, I love Shadyside. I'm telling you, I can move there. So anywho, they're like, well, let's show you the cemetery. So they're wandering on the cemetery at night and get, they come across the caretaker shack. It's old. It's dilapidated. And of course, Gabe sets it on fire. It goes up. They're watching it. They leave the cemetery. They watch it burn. And that's what they're doing because that's what you do. That's what you do on in shady side when you're a teenager in the nineties, if you're not getting murdered or trying not to get murdered, you're setting shit on fire or watching it burn. Then they leave because they hear some sirens and you know, they don't want to get caught with this shit because they're not doing it. So they leave. And now it is, um, as they leave, Gabe's like, it's your turn, Nick, you know, Max Dunn set the bathroom on fire and Gabe set the shack on fire. The girls accidentally set the, trash can on fire it's now um nick's turn so and as they're leaving jill looks back in the back seat of the car because all six of them in a car which gives me such anxiety because i do not like riding in the back seat of cars period even if it's just me six people in a car oh my god activates my claustrophobia my anxiety anywho gabe and andrea are kissing in the back seat uh-huh i'm gonna drink while you take that while you take that in so the girls are together we're at chapter 10 now watching movies andrea oh my god i love this andrea is showing off her new laptop and printer y'all oh my <laughs> get this the laptop is like they make a note of saying how small it is it does this y'all this is what it does it does calculations you can play games and it has a word processor y'all that is like a like a hundredth of what our phones do now. I, this part tickled me so much because it's just, it dates it, but it's just so fabulous. Oh, you youngsters out there. Oh, if you could computers in the nineties and early two thousands, even, Oh, so I love it. So she shows them the printer. She types in a couple things. It prints this little poem about how she thinks that Gabe's so cute and he's starting these fires, but it prints in blue ink instead of black ink because, oh my God, like Andrea's dad is such a goof. He bought blue ink instead of black. <laughs> Make note of that because we're going to come back to it later. So write that down. So, you know, and then they're looking around. They see in the article in a newspaper that like, um, there's an increase in arson in Shadyside later. So Diane wigs out. She gets angry. This is not some game we should be playing with. You don't play with fire. Clearly, we don't play with fire. We wet the bed. You know, I've already been over that. So then the phone rings. It's an inspector with the Shadyside Fire Department. And he wants to ask about some questions. Or he wants to ask about some questions. He wants to ask some questions about an arson case. <gasps> Y'all, that was just a chapter um, cliffhanger come to find out chapter 11 it's really max he's calling there he's teasing the girls you crazy Max. you crazy so jill's like but y'all maybe we should calm this down on the fire you know now that they're looking into it the girls agree and so they're like you know what we should 
we should just, we need to tell the boys, pump the brakes on this shit. So it's Saturday, Jill and Gabe are out. Gabe's asking, excuse me. (laughs) Gabe is, I'm telling you, it's been a long day. My allergy medicines and my wine clearly are becoming BFFs in my brain. Let's regroup. So Gabe is acting different. He's better when he's alone than with the group. Jill is kind of, you know, she's smitten with him. Uh, she brings up the fire and says, you know, we need to stop this. It's getting a little out of hand. The girls and I talked and let's just, you know, let's pump the brakes. Let's slow it down a bit. You know, <sighs> you know what? It's okay. They're walking around. They're having a day. He's like, yeah, you're right. Whatever. And then they see a car on fire. Uh, spoiler alert. It's Gabe's. He runs to it and it explodes. Chapter 12, we find out he's okay and the police are questioning him. Why would he want to set his own car on fire? Exactly. Exactly, police. Why? It wasn't him. Spoiler alert. It wasn't him. We'll find out later who it is. So, but he says, you know what? I think I have an idea who it is. Jill thinks, uh, yeah, I do too. She totally thinks it's Nick because he's got to do it bigger and better because everybody else is doing this now. He's got to impress Gabe. Everybody wants to impress Gabe. Gabe is this, you know... All the girls want to sleep with him or date him. All the boys want to be him. And now Nick is trying to, you know, one-up the ante and, and you know, wow him. Of course, why he would set his own car on fire, you know, like, that's not a great way, Nick, to impress somebody. Set their car on fire. Stop and think for a minute. Set something else on fire, like a bakery or the mall. I don't know, you know? So, Jill goes home. She calls, um... Nick and confronts him. He denies it. He's all like, um, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, crazy bitch. So then she calls Andrea and she's like, we have to stop these boys. They're going crazy with this. You know, she says, I'm pretty sure it was Nick. He's denied it. Ugh. You know, and Andrea totally agrees. She goes to sleep, wakes up to the smell of smoke, goes downstairs. Her cat is in the fucking oven. Bum, bum, bum. Girl, you know it was just a dream. Her cat wasn't really in the oven. She wakes up. It's a dream. And so now we're going to Nick's house to work on algebra. She's doing there. But on her way there, she sees Nick and Max in Nick's car. And so she follows them. Of course, you know where they're going. They head to Fair Street. And then she loses them and her car dies. Unfair Street at night. She's freaking the fuck out. She sees somebody in her rearview mirror. He pounds on the window. Spoiler alert. Just a police officer. He thinks she fluttered her engine. He's all like, you know, stay safe, whatever. And he just leaves her. Come on, shady side police. We don't just leave some innocent teenage girl on Fear Street in the middle of the night all by herself. But this fire, this officer did. So he did, you know. Eventually, though, it's okay because she gets her car started back up. She finds nick's car it's in front of an abandoned house and as she's getting out to go find out what's going on the house erupts into flame and she sees nixon mouse i was thinking max in the house nixon max running out of the house so next chapter she's home she's freaking out she's like oh my god the boys you know i can't believe they did that so she goes and she she's watching the news and um there's a news story about an a fatal fire in Shadyside, on Fear Street. And she's like, oh my God, Nick's and Max. Nick and Max. Nick's and Mac. <laughs> it's Nick and Max are murderers, and I'm a witness. So she calls them, and 
she calls Nick and he's like, um, yeah, we were there, but it's because we got this creepy note saying, meet me at the house. And then Max came to my house and he had the same note. So of course we went there because, you know, you get a note, you do what the note tells you to do. You do what the note tells you to do. So they go there. And so she's like, um, okay, that's crazy because now you're murderers. So she calls Diane and she's like, look, these boys are out of out of control with this fire shit. We've got to go talk to them. So they go to Nick, and you know what? The note is in blue ink. Remember, I told you to make note of Andrea's new computer, her laptop, her fancy laptop, which you know is the size of a damn, like, you know, coffee table, and her new printer, which is the size of a small, small car, and her dumbass dad bought that blue ink. So they're like, oh my God. So they leave and they're immediately like, oh my God, it's Andrea. Andrea's writing these notes. Oh my goodness. She's jealous of us. We're, you know, we're trying to date Gabe. Oh my goodness. It's Andrea. She did it. So they're like, we have to, we have to, we have to stop her. Jill gets a phone call in the middle of the night. It's Andrea. She's like, look, oh, I'm, oh, I skipped ahead. I, I turned the page too soon. <laughs> my notes. So that Jill calls Andrea. She confronts her and says, Hey, yo, look, we know it's you. And Andrea freaks out. She's like, what the hell are you talking about, bitch? That's not me. What are you talking about? She gets pissed. She hangs up on her. I mean, it's right. Your BFF calls you and accuses you of not only like being jealous of you and this new guy who's super hot. Come on, Gabe. You're super hot. But she also accuses you of starting fires, oh, bitch. So she hangs up on her. But then later on, she calls her that night and she says, you know what? I've been thinking. I've got some ideas. Meet me tomorrow. Something's going on. And I think it has something to do with Gabe. <gasps> I know. Clutch your pearls. Well, here we go. So we go to school the next morning. Jill's there. She walks in looking for Andrea. She finds Diane. Dan's all like, hey, Andrea called me last night and said to meet her here. She thinks she knows what's going on. And Jill's all like, oh my God, me too. But then before they could even get even further with that, you know what they find? You know what they find? You've already said it to yourself. They find Andrea's body. Sh bitch is dead at the balance beam. I know, right? Poor Andrea. Well, so chapter 19 comes along. Turns out Andrea's not really dead. She was actually breathing. Whew. That was a close one, Andrea. But they call the ambulance. Everybody thinks that it was just like an early morning practice accident because that's what happens. You know, you get to school early. You go to practice your gymnastics. Sometimes you have an accident. That's what happens. I don't make the rules. It's what happens. But so everyone thinks it was an accident. And so Diane and, and Jill, they're like, they have to call this meeting with Gabe and the boys. Shit's getting real. They don't know what's going on. They think Andrea set the fire, wrote the note, and they need to confront her. And now she's in the hospital. She's unconscious. They don't know what the hell's going on, right? So they're all freaking out. And they come to this conclusion. I feel bad for poor Andrea because she's sitting here unconscious in the hospital. We don't know what's wrong with her. Did she break her neck? Does she have a concussion? Who the hell knows? But your your friends are all ganging up on you. <sighs> People can be such assholes. Anywho, Jill's now on the way home. She's walking and she sees a stranger driving up beside her. <gasps> oh my goodness, thank God it was just Gabe. He takes her home 
and they talk and she's like, oh my God, Andrea needs help. You know, what's going on? You know, what's going on? Poor Andrea. You know, once again, we're putting the blame on Andrea, throwing that bitch under the bus. So she gets home. She's, you know, undressing, you know, doing whatever you do when you get home late at night after accusing your friend of being um, an arsonist, an insane arsonist. And she hears the doorbell ring. Y'all, it's the Detective Frazier. And he has some questions about some fire on Fear Street that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know she was there because the cop, remember, that helped her? Yeah, he made note of it because he did his fucking job. So she's all like, um, no, I didn't see anything. Yeah, no, um, no, that, yeah, I was just there, but my car died and I was driving around and I didn't see anything. Smooth move, X-Lax. Oh, anywho. So she calls the hospital check on Andrea. No change in Andrea. She's still unconscious. So she calls Diane. And she's all like, you know what? I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out. Gabe's acting crazy. The police just, you know, showed up my house. I think it's Andrea, but bitch is unconscious in the hospital. What the hell's going on? And Diane's all like, shit's been crazy, yo. Shit's been crazy. You know what we need to do? You need to come meet me at my my parents' cabin. We just need to take some downtime. We need to decompress. We need to relax. So that's, and Jill's all like, oh my God, that's exactly what we need. So they decide to do that. You know, what more do you need? I mean, why, why worry about solving these problems and helping your friend who's unconscious in the hospital and figuring out what the hell's going on? Screw all that. We need to go relax at the lake. So now we're at Diane's parents' cabin and they're hanging out, they're relaxing, they're eating hot dogs, they're making s'mores, they're doing what you do in the 90s. We don't have Facebook, we don't have TikTok, we don't have Twitter, we don't have Instagram. It was really a rough time. So they're just hanging out. They're relaxing because life is stressful. You know, life is stressful. And Diane's all like, I'm tired, I'm going to take a shower and go to bed. While she's in the shower, the phone rings. So Jill answers the phone because, you know, that's what you do. You answer, a, you answer your friend's phone. I mean, I don't know if I would answer my friend's phone at their house or the vacation house. I just, I would feel uncomfortable doing that. Would you do that? I don't know. Let me know. But anywho, Jill does because, you know, whatever. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't care. So she answers the phone. Andrea is all like, you're the one who attacked me. I know what you did, bitch. I was at school practicing and you clocked me upside the head and knocked my ass out. And Jill's all like, whoa, pump the brakes, Andrea. What the fuck? And Andrea's all like, oh, Jill, I thought this was Diane. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. So here's poor Andrea all laid up in the hospital. And she's all like, Jill, girl, you got to get out of that cabin. Diane, that bitch is crazy. Get out now. That's what I was calling to tell you about. So... Jill goes, runs to the car, but the keys are missing. So she gets out of the car. And what do you do? What do you do? You can't escape via car. You just found out the friend you're trapped in a cabin with is a murderer, arsonist. What are you going to do? Of course you run into the Fear Street Woods. What else the hell are you going to do? I mean, why, why not? So she runs into the woods. And of course, bitch gets lost because it's night. It's the woods. I mean, really? Come on, Jill. Grow a brain. And so, but then she comes upon Diane. Diane's all like, oh my God, are you okay? I came out of the shower and you were like missing. And Jill's all like, yeah, I just went out for a walk and then I got lost. So they go back to the cabin 
And so now Aunt Jill's are like, Andrea must be wrong. Jill seems okay. But then mm, Jill starts to get rambly and crazy. And she talks about how she's in love with Gabe and she knows what's going on. And y'all, this is where we quick pick up the pace. This book has been a little slow. I know I'm talking fast and a little slurred, but this book has been a yawn fest until now. But all of a sudden we kick it into like high gear. Diane rambles on to Jill about how she's in love with Gabe. No one can have him but her. So she attacked Andrea because Andrea was getting too close to Gabe and Jill is next. And yeah, she set all those fires. She framed all of them. Everything has been all Diane setting them up and framing them. And then she opens her robe because, you know, she just got out of the shower. It doesn't say if she's naked or not, if this is some kind of like weird, you know, this is the part of the 80s, early 90s show where like random boobs just fly out for no reason. It might be. Anywho, she's covered in scars. Jill is freaked out. Turns out. (laughs) Turns out, get this or not. Diane was seriously injured in a fire caused by an exploding kerosene heater at her grandmother's house. She should have died, but she didn't. She survived and gave her BFF, nursed her back to health, y'all. And she fell in love with him. And then he moved away. And now he's back. And damn, if these bitches are going to take him away from her. You know, he can't choose... Diane because she's all scarred and ugly and even though she's in love with him. So she's going to kill the girls that love him. That's her thing. So then all of a sudden bitch whips out a flow torch and she's like, this is how I started the fire at that house on Fear Street. She starts the damn cabin on fire. I hope that her parents have A, insurance and B, a good lawyer and C, some good therapy for this bitch because she is crazy. Right? So she sets the cabin on fire. Jill manages to, manages to escape. And who's out there but Gabe? He comes in. He comforts Diane. Tells her it's all going to be okay. She doesn't have to worry. It's okay. And that's where the book ends. Y'all, I was not a fan of this book. I know I've said it before, but that's how the book ends. <sighs> I need a drink before I talk about this. I'm going to finish this glass. Let's talk. Let's talk about this. I was not a fan of this book. It was super slow. It was predictable. Clearly, you know, you know, way back, way, 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 way back, we were set up to believe it was Diane. Spoiler alert, it was Diane. Bitch is crazy. I just, you know, oh, I know what you're thinking about the printer. She used, she used Andrew's printer. So there you go. It just, it, it didn't, it didn't hit for me. I'm sorry. You can, they can't all be winners. This one wasn't a winner for me. Hmm. And the way it ended is just, ah. Uh. So I gave this three stars. A lot of people seem to agree with me. Goodreads, it, Goodreads gives it 3.54 stars. So I'm not the only person that thought it was just a little meh on the Fear Street scale. Um, but the benefit is we do have one death. We have a homeless man. So hooray for that, you know. That's good. It's not a main character. Would have been totally better had a main character died, but, you know, we'll take a homeless guy where we can get one. Um, That brings our death count up to seven. You know, not too shabby. This is book 11. Seven, 11, we're over 50%. So, you know, things are looking up here. We're getting up to, you know, one death a book. I like them. I'm liking those odds. But you know what? 
the Fear Street, <laughs> if you didn't count it already, y'all, that bitch Diane was crazy. So crazy is the type of fear. We got a crazy bitch setting fires, killing people, blaming people, you know, whatever. But that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about all that shit. We're here to talk about the queer. It's been a while since we had a lesbian, so I'm happy to say that we do have a lesbian. I know you called it. Well, you probably didn't call it. We have Diane. I know what you're thinking. Diane was in love with Gabe. She was not in love with Gabe. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. She was in love with Gabe. She was in love with the idea of having Gabe as her bestie. Gabe was her um, her hag, but I don't know. What do you call... What do you call, like, the gay, the guy that's with the girl? You know, you've got, I'm not going to say the F word hag and fruit fairy. But anywho, she was with Gabe, but she didn't want to be with Gabe, like, romantically. 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 I'm not sure I understand. Oh, for fuck's sake, Siri. It's because I didn't ask you. So she wasn't in love with Gabe. She just didn't want Gabe to have any of these other crazy bitches. She wanted Gabe to herself because he was her BFF, right? She didn't love him. Not like that. She loved him in a possessive way. So here we've got Diane. Diane is our queer. I stand firm at this. You can't, you can't, you can't shake it. So ironically, this is a long episode for a book that I was not that fond of, but probably due to the um, allergy meds and the wine. But anywho, thanks for tuning in. Next week we have Lights Out. Oh my goodness. And y'all, I can't wait to talk about this because <gasps> Lights Out is going to be tied to the new Fear Street series coming to Netflix. But I'm not going to talk about that now because this episode was the fire game. A three star. It wasn't a winner for me. It was just a meh. You know, they can't all be winners. So, but you know, we did have a, we did have a death. We had a lesbian. So, you know, there's that. We're going to take those away from it. We're going to take what we can and we're going to be happy with what we got. So I hope you enjoyed it, even though I'm rambling and I'm slurring and I'm tired and I've got horrible allergies and medicine head. And you know what? It is what it is. So I'll talk to you next week for Lights Out. Until then, stay queer. Bye.